You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. In John 15 verse 3, Jesus said, The word that I've spoken over you have already cleansed you. That means that the Word of God has got the power to cleanse you. It has the power to save you, to deliver you. The Word of God is the ability to change your life. From unrighteousness to righteousness. From defeat and failure to victory. From sickness, from disease to health. The Word of God has got that ability. To take you from where you are right now to where God wants you to be. On this journey of life, we often face some challenges. Even if God has given you a dream, showed you a prophetic picture of your future, you're going to have to hold on. We live in a society where everything is instant. And just because you have a word, a promise that God has given you, we want it oftentimes immediately. But often there's a process that you have to go through. There's a journey that awaits you. And God often, when he gives you that vision, that prophetic picture, leaves out all the detail in between what you have to go through. Do you expect somebody that's wants to win a gold medal at the Olympics just to pitch up and say, I'm here for my gold medal, please. Can I get on the podium? No. You know, there's a lot of training, a lot of exercise, a lot of pain, muscle cramps, long hours. We know that when people want to compete in a race, that there's a preparation. But oftentimes in this journey of life, we just want the reward. So turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Genesis, chapter 41, verse 39. The Word of God has been planted in your heart already to be successful. The Word of God is already in your heart to grow for you to become who you should be. The implanted Word can make your life successful and change your life. Many people's good destiny and future has been locked. And this morning I'm going to show you how you can unlock it again. Refocus and realign yourself in what God has planned for you. Amen? Some of you had a vision, a dream you were holding on to that's been shattered. God has not changed his plan, his heart, his desire for you to be successful in life. Joseph, Genesis 41 verse 39. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, clearly no one else is as intelligent or wise as you are. You will be in charge of my court and all my people will take orders from you only. I, sitting on my throne, will have a rank higher than yours. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. We can see here that Pharaoh elevated Joseph and placed him in a position of honor. Promoted him. One of the highest levels. We can say that's a position of honor. Amen. He's a ruler. But what is the journey? What is it that he had to go through to get to that place? We just want the honor, but we sometimes forget about the journey. That journey, life's journey is not a bed of roses. Amen? It's not a playground. It's not just a small encounter group. It's the battle of all ages for us to remain focused. To reach our goal, our destiny that God has got for us. Joseph had a dream that God had given him. Let me tell you something about your dream, your destiny. 
there'll be a time in your life where you will be the only person that will believe in that dream. It's then when you have to protect that dream. Have to keep it in your heart and know where you belong. Many people's dreams are destroyed upon the rocks of disobedience. But many people's dreams are also destroyed upon the rocks of disappointments. We live in a country right now where people have been promised a lot of things about their future and their destiny. And a lot of those things have not materialized. People are disappointed. They're not just disappointed, they are angry. And it's this very anger that can cost you your future. You have to be focused. You cannot adopt to the language or the vocabulary of disappointment, of negativity. But if you know that God has called you for a purpose, for a time such as this, and you have a purpose in this country, a destiny, and it's from God, you have to change your vocabulary. You have to change the way that you think and look at the future. Many people are unsure about the future, but when God holds your life in His hands, you can be sure that God is busy at work. That God will complete and fulfill everything that He has promised. Turn to your neighbor and ask them, what have you been thinking about? Tell them, what have you been saying about your future? What have you been confessing about this country? Because by your confession and what you are declaring, we'll know what is the dream that's in your heart. Do you believe that dream can still be fulfilled? Or do you believe that dream has been shattered? Because of disappointment, expectations that people have that are unrealistic. They think they can just walk and climb on the podium and get the gold medal. You're the winner. No, there's a journey to become a champion. There's a process that you'll have to go through. Because for gold to be gold, it must go through fire. God has to purify you, to take you from where you are right now to where he wants you to be. Turn to the person next to you and say, protect your dream. I want to read from Psalm 25. I opened this morning with a prayer, and I was busy with the people concerning this, reading it to them before we prayed. We prayed for every person's destiny and future this morning. Because remember, what you make happen for others, God will make those things happen for you. And there's no greater way of expressing your love than to pray for somebody. If you love somebody, you'll pray for that person. Amen? So because we love you, we've been praying for your destiny, your good future. Amen? Listen to Psalm 25, verse 4. Lord, direct me throughout my journey so I can experience your plans for my life. Reveal the life paths that are pleasing to you. Not pleasing to yourself, that's pleasing to God. Amen? No, I want to feel good. Because we want to feel good the whole time. We think even faith is a feeling. Faith is not a feeling. Amen? Escort me along the way. Take me by the hand and teach me, for you are the God of my increasing salvation. I've wrapped my heart into yours. My failures as a young man and overlook the sins of my immaturity. Give me grace, Lord. Always look at me through your eyes of love, your forgiving eyes of mercy and compassion. When you think of me, see me as one you love and care for. How good you are to me. When people turn to you, they discover how easy you are to please. So faithful and true, joyfully you teach them the proper path. Even when they go astray, keep showing the humble your path and lead them in the best decision. Bring revelation light that trains them in the truth. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful for those who follow the ways of His covenant. Family, you are in covenant with God. Amen? You're in covenant with God. Joseph was in covenant with God. A young man in love with Jesus, serving God, and suddenly he's a slave. He was on a journey. 
in this journey you can decide to thank God, to bless God, or to curse God. But it's in our times of difficulty in the journey that it quickly is revealed who really believes in the dream. Who really believes in their good destiny. It's very quiet here now. Remember, here he is, suddenly he finds himself in a place where he is sold as a slave. Later on he says to his brothers, don't you take any credit for what happened to me. But it was God who sent me ahead of you to prepare a way for you. So this journey that I was on was a journey of salvation. Many of you look at your trials and your difficulties and you want to run away from it. You are just postponing and delaying that day. Certain challenges, difficulties you were supposed to face when you were young. But you were running away from them the whole time, postponing them the whole time. Now you are facing them at a later age. Joseph elevated into the palace experiencing so much love it's got money it's got everything and in that place suddenly his master's wife is interested in him looking at him with longing eyes desiring him Nobody would have known. Nobody would have known, but his God would have known. And he ran away from it. Family, lots of people have locked up their destinies because of things that they've done that nobody knows about. And they say, why am I going through this? Why is this happening? And people can even look at you and say that you're doing the right things. There's done nothing wrong. But you know the things you are doing in secret that's locking up your destiny. The real you concerning your destiny is when you're alone. What are you saying to God? What are you confessing? What are you thinking about? Because if you think negative about your future, you will start to speak negative about your future. Then you'll start to act negative about your future. That's why you have to guard and protect that dream that's on the inside of you. That prophetic picture that God has given you, you have to keep it in front of you. That when you find yourself in the pit, you can say, I know where I belong. I belong in the palace. Joseph went on this journey. And wherever he went, he remained faithful and loyal. Many people's dreams destinies are destroyed upon the rocks of disobedience many people's dreams are destroyed upon the rocks of disappointments when there's been a disappointment you thought you were going to get the promotion and you didn't get the promotion the one least qualified got the promotion you say why 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 the truth is even where you find yourself right now You've been faithful, you've been good. But there are those that have been more faithful than you, been better than you, working harder than you, and they have less than you. There are many people right now who would love to be in your shoes. Yet we are murmuring and complaining. And the very negative words that we are speaking are the things that are destroying our future, locking us up. It's time to be positive, to speak positive. There's the natural law, but then there's the spiritual law. Listen to me. Everybody expects you to work hard. Everybody expects you to do what you have to do. You know today, just think about an athlete. Everybody is training hard. Everybody is doing more because they've read the book about Michael Jordan or whoever, or this rugby player or this soccer player, how they got up at five and did extra when the others just got up at six. Now everybody is getting up at five. Who wants to become, so you almost have to do more. 
And where it counts is where you are faithful when nobody sees you. Because that which you do privately and in secret, God will reward you openly. And Joseph knew there's a spiritual law. You can say that you are faithful, but if you are not faithful in your heart, you will destroy the works of your hands. You will lock yourself up. Family, why is Africa in so much poverty? If we have all the resources, if we have so many people working hard, why are we in so much poverty? Is there not a spiritual law working against us? That we need to get God's favor upon us. Because if God unlocks a door and opens a door, he says nobody can close it. But if he's locked it, nobody can open it. And we are here to work with God because the word of God in our hearts is the thing that will make us successful. Not our own plans, but God's plans. And Joseph knew what I did in secret, God will be aware of it. What I do in secret can unlock or lock my future. That's why when Potiphar's wife came for him, he ran away. Nobody would have known he was in a faraway country. He was alone. What do you do when nobody knows? Listen here. Proverbs 6. I'm reading from the New King James translation. For by means of a harlot, a man is reduced to a crust of bread. And an adulteress will prey upon his precious life. The Passion Translation says, Prostitutes reduce a man to poverty. And the adulteress steals your life. She may even cost you your life. Family, listen to me. There will be many temptations on this journey. Jesus, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego... Daniel, Joseph, name them. They all first had to suffer humiliation. Disappointment. Before they reached that place. Joseph, in the pit. Sold in the palace. In the prison. In the palace. And in all of that, he remained faithful. Because he knew in the pit, God was with him. And if God is with you, you can make it. If God is with you, who can be against you? In the pit, he said, I know where I belong. Even in the place of palace, in the palace, there was temptation. False accusation. A false report. He was innocent. And he was thrown into the prison. But the prison was the very thing God used to link him to pe two people that would link him to the king. If he had run away from the prison or the late the day of prison, what would have happened to his destiny? And we look at our situation and what we are going through. Because you say, don't speak anything negative. I don't want anything bad. But sometimes it's that very thing that shapes you, that molds you, that takes you from where you are to where God wants you to be. Turn to the person next, you say, I have a destiny. Tell them I have a purpose. Tell them the race is not over yet. Tell them I know the best is yet to come. Yes, give the Lord a hand. We have to ask ourselves, Joseph there in Potiphar's house, given all this enjoyment, all the money, all the love, all the care, what would you have done? Because when pleasure comes, what would you have done? Because that would have affected his destiny. Have you done things that have affected your destiny? You know what's the good news? 
Did you hear the psalm that I was reading to you? David said, Lord, do not deal with me according to the sins of my youth. Do not deal with me according to the stupid mistakes I've made. But deal with me according to your mercy, Lord. Deal with me according to your grace, Lord. Help me, Lord, not because of my name and who I am, but because of your name. Turn things around for me, Lord. Even when we've messed up in this journey of life, when we turn to the Lord, He is ready to support us and take us from where we are to where He wants us to be. It's not over yet. Amen? We've all made mistakes. Turn to the person next to you and say, everybody makes mistakes. Somehow when we're young, we make more stupid mistakes. I think that's why David said, the sins of my youth. Because when we are young, we have a lot of zeal, but not a lot of wisdom. Hello, young people. You see, young people don't say amen. What are you talking about? I know more than my parents. Just wait until you're a parent. You'll revisit that thought. Amen. You don't have to believe me. Just wait. Amen. My own children, I say to them, you know what? Sometimes how I behave, you think people don't behave like that. I say, you know what? Just hold that thought until you're a parent. Then we see how you will behave. Then you'll think about this moment. Amen. Yes. <laughs> That's very true. Amen. Your children make you do funny things. Am I talking to the right people here this morning? Have your children made you do funny things? Yes. Things you would never have done when you were young. Because when you are young, you're thinking about yourself. That's why God allows you to get married. Two selfish people being joined together. And the husband said, it's about me. And the wife says, it's about me. And God says, that's your journey to deal with all your selfishness. When you think it's because it's about you. And some people are 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years and they've never grown up. (laughs) Then you get children. And you realize it's not about you. How much you lay down and sacrifice for your children. The hours that you work, the time that you put in to give them better than what you had. And sometimes in doing that, we do damage to ourselves and even to our destinies. Because it's not just about giving them more. You should focus upon their character so that they can finish strong. Otherwise, if you just give them everything They're going to have a mindset, I must just get everything. And they don't know what it costs. How you have to sacrifice and lay down your life. That's why it's very good for you, for your destiny, for your future while you're at school, to work hard. Because trust me, you would think you're working hard right now. Just wait till you finish school. That's why don't try and get out of school. Enjoy school. It's a picnic compared to life. If you want to be successful and lay a good foundation for your future, learn to work hard now. Train your heart to work hard now. Amen? Amen. If you do it now, it's easy later on. But if you want to get taught that lesson when you are 40 or 50, It's very tough. It's very difficult. Amen. Because now you've trained your heart just to relax. Give me, give me, give me. And you don't know what it costs. You say, Nike, I want Nike. But you don't know what Nike costs. You know how many, you don't know how many times mom and dad has to run up and down at work for you just to put your Nikes on to stroll. Family, listen to me. In this life, there are many tests. There are many challenges. But they're not there to destroy you. They're there to improve you. Amen? Because God has given us the victory. What you do in secret, God is aware of it. When you go on a business trip and you remain faithful to your wife, you're busy paving the path of success for yourself, sir. 
Ladies, when you go out on your own, on your own business trip, what happens there allows the light of God's favor to shine upon your ways. Don't clutter it and cloud it with darkness. Amen? Amen. Statistics now shows that more women commit adultery than men. Do you know that? 55%. And it's one of the things that destroys and locks your future. It reduces you to a crust of bread. You think this person should be successful. He's had this and this and this. But what, what's happening here now? Now it's very quiet. Go to 1 Corinthians 15 verse 54. A person of destiny, of purpose, is aware of what he is doing when nobody is looking. Sin promises you to give you pleasure for a moment, to enslave you for a lifetime, to lock up your good destiny that God has planned for you. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 54. When that which is mortal puts on immortality, that's you when you are born again. Jesus Christ, seed life is on the inside of you. And you are clothed with Christ, the one who lives on the inside of you forever. And eternal life is not something that starts the day that you die. But eternal life is something that starts now when you accept the Lord Jesus Christ. His light and life enters into your soul and expels all shades of darkness and you are linked up with God. And when that which is mortal puts on immortality, and what now decays is exchanged for that that will never decay, then the scripture will be fulfilled that says, death is swallowed up by a triumphant victory. So death, tell me, where is your victory? Tell me, death, where is your sting? It is sin that gives death its sting. And the Lord that gives sin its power. But we thank God for giving us the victory as conquerors through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. Family, we oftentimes sin when it comes to our destiny with our mouths. Think about Job for one minute. His wife said, curse God and die. He said, no, I will not sin with my mouth. I'm not going to say something bad about God. What I'm going through, there's purpose in it. God holds my life in his hands. This, what I'm going through, is not going to destroy me. It's going to improve me. It's making me stronger. There's a purpose in all of this. Joseph, when he was ruler, all the thieves that tried to con him, he knew what a thief looked like. He worked with them. He knew their language, their attitude, their hearts, their way of doing things. He didn't even have to pray. Is this guy a thief or not a thief, Lord? He could look at him and say, he's a thief. And now to work with this guy. Amen. So sometimes God allows you to go through things so that you are better equipped for the future. Amen. And you want to run away from that. Some of the things that I went through in my life, places where I worked, is just for such a time as this to help with the building project. I'm telling you now. Think, Lord, why, why, why? Now I see, 25 years later, why, why, why? Turn to the person next to you and say, God's time is the best. Tell them again, say, God's time is the best. Family, when the word of God is in your heart, you can turn an unpleasant situation into a pleasant situation. There's nothing more beautiful in a tough, difficult situation when everybody is negative and you see somebody walking there with the word of God in their heart, with a destiny and a purpose, and they say, it's not as bad as you say. Hmm? It's not as bad as you say. Because you're in that cloud the whole time. And you're in that cloud, you're not seeing any hope. You're just seeing hopelessness. Look even now when uh, President Obama was here. The positive light that he just shed on everything. He says, there's a lot of hope here. Things can change. We're thinking, you're from America. What are you talking about? <laughs> but he's got a fresh view. He's looking at things differently. Because Americans think differently. Americans have a win-win attitude. They have an attitude of you win, I win, because we won. But our South Africans, we have a win-lose attitude. If you win, I lose. Hmm. You get the promotion, it means I don't get promotion. You win, I lose. No. 
It's a wrong attitude. If you win, brother, I win because we are one. If you are blessed in the community and I'm in your community, I'm also blessed because we're in the same community. I'm happy for you. We don't... Yes, give the Lord a hand. But we've trained our hearts so much. Why did he get the promotion? I've been working longer. I work harder. I dress smarter. We have these battles in our hearts. Don't let it destroy you. Let it improve you. Let it make you better and stronger. And even Joseph there, when he was in jail, the Bible said he worked harder than anybody else. He said the jailkeeper did not even check up on him. He did everything with excellence, even in the jail. He didn't serve hard and did his best when the king was looking at him. When nobody was looking at him, he did it right. You know why? Because the Bible says God was with him and God made his way successful when he was even in prison. He was one with a difference because God's presence was with him. You know, Joshua, family, get back into God's presence. Be aware of God's presence. Whether you find yourself in a pit, be aware of God's presence. Whether you find yourself locked up in a jail, be aware of God's presence. That God is with you, is looking at you, seeing how you are handling that situation there. How are you doing things? But when you're in a pit, you think, I'm not going to do it right now. And it's there where you write your test for you to be promoted from there. That's the most important thing. What do you do? What do you say when you're on your own? The road to your destiny. Joshua, when Moses was busy speaking to the people, Joshua was the one who remained in the cloud, remained in God's presence. He was the one who went into the promised land. What did God say to Joshua before he entered into the promised land? He says, Joshua, I want to give you some advice. Why? Because God knew where they were going, there's going to be Jericho's walls. He knew where they were going, there's going to be giants. You know, where they were going, there's going to be mighty men that's going to give them resistance. There's going to be men that's going to slander them, want to fight them, humiliate them. God knew all those things. He said to Joshua, I want to speak to you quickly. The land that I've given you, I've promised it to you. It's yours. Here's the advice I want to give you, Joshua. Joshua 1 verse 8. This book of the law will not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success he was saying joshua listen to me meditate upon the word of god get this in your heart and then start to declare it observe and do it that's what the word of god says job 22 says you will decide a thing And you will declare it. And the light of God's favor will shine upon your ways. When you have the word of God in your heart, you can say, everybody can say, things are not working out in South Africa. The RAND is doing this. It's going, there's no job opportunities. And you can come and say, Lord, I've meditated upon your word. I will decide. In this time and season, we will be successful, Lord. When everybody says you cannot build a church now, we say, Lord, we can build a church. Allow the light of your favor, Lord, to shine upon our ways. Expel all shades of darkness. It doesn't matter what other people are saying. We are declaring God's faithfulness. We know in the promised land there's giants, there's high walls. If you don't start to declare it, you're going to face a lion. What will you say to that lion? You're going to face a high wall. What are you going to say to that high wall? When you face a fiery furnace, what are you going to say to that fiery furnace? God is saying, God said to Joshua, I want you to meditate upon the word of God. 
I want you to start to say the right things, to declare the right things. You have been warned there's a high wall coming. Why do you think God said to the Israelites, a type of the church, I want you to keep quiet for six days. And I want you to walk around that wall and look at that wall. But I don't want you to say anything. Because if it was a bunch of South Africans walking around that wall, hey, hey, corner, have you seen the size of that wall? If it's that high, I wonder how thick it is. So like he said to the Israelites, I want you to keep quiet. And on the seventh day, I still want you to keep quiet. But I want you to give a victory shout. So after six days, they said, well, if you know what I've been thinking in my heart, how high those walls are. And how thick those, if the walls are this high and that thick, how big are the people that's inside? <laughs> when David faced that giant, he had to speak to that giant. Otherwise, that dying giant would have destroyed his destiny. And the giant was shouting at him, I'm going to kill you. How dare you come to me like this? You little boy, you think I'm a dog. To come with me with sticks and stones, I'm going to kill you today. It had an attitude. That giant has got an attitude that wants to destroy your destiny and your future. He says, I'm going to kill you today. I'm not just going to kill you. I'm going to feed your flesh to the birds of the air. Joseph said, you've not come against me. You've come against my God. You in the realm of defeat and failure. You can shout. You can scream. You can humiliate me. You can call me whatever you want to. You can slander me. You've not come against me. You've come against my God. I'm in the realm of victory in Christ Jesus. I only need a stone. I'm picking up four extras. Not because I think I'm going to miss you. Because I'm letting you know I'm going to kill your four brothers as well. That's the attitude of faith. He said, you are going to die today. And I'm going to be the one that will feed your flesh to the birds of the air. And as David had to speak to that giant, you're going to have to speak to your giant. When you find yourself in a lion's den with lions, you better know how to speak to those lions. You find yourself facing a fiery furnace on your way to your great destiny. You better know what to say like a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. King, know this. We're not bowing our knee to any God. Whether our God delivers us or not, He's our God and He's our deliverer. He's able to deliver us. We know He can turn unrighteousness to righteousness. He can turn defeat and failure to victory. But whether He does it or not, we want you to know we're not bowing our knee to your God's. I have a destiny and I have a purpose. And what God has promised, he will fulfill. And I'm not going to the left. I'm not going to the right. I'm keeping my focus. And he meditate, as you meditate upon the word of God, when those situations and trials come, you'll know what to say. You'll know what to declare in that situation. Because God holds your future in his hands. And if he said, go into the promised land, he knows about the giants in the promised land. He knows about the wild animals, the dangerous things there. But he says, I will go with you. I will be with you. And I'm going to fight for you. God is more committed to your destiny and your purpose than what you are. People reject the light. And they think, I've got a better way. God is the way. Job 24 verse 13 there are those who rebel against the light. They do not know its way, nor abide in its path. The message is, then there are those who avoid the light at all cost. Who scorn the lightful path. The New Living Translation says, wicked people rebel against the light. They refuse to acknowledge its way or stay in its path. If it's God's will for you to face the walls of Jericho, God will help you and those walls will come down. If it's God's will for you to go through what you are going through, He'll show you the way out of it. You don't have to fear it or run away from it. 
Joseph had to go to the prison. It was in the prison where God linked him up with the right people so that he could become a ruler. Some of you have been running away from your situations and delaying the day of stepping into the fullness of what God has got for you. You're facing things now that you should have faced at a young age. It's there where God trained him, prepared him, that when all that success and wealth came to him, he was not overwhelmed. Because if God has not trained you and prepared you, when that success comes, it will overwhelm you. You will then abuse it. Abuse is just an abnormal use. When you don't understand the purpose of that is when you abuse it. But if you know God has placed you there for the salvation of your soul so that you can love God more and the salvation of others, you'll behave differently. What did Joseph say? He says, God was the one who sent me before you for your salvation. Not only for your salvation, but all of Israel. What would have happened if he had not gone on that journey? What would have happened to his brothers and sisters? So what God is doing in your life is for the salvation of your own soul. I was touched when I read just again, Joseph, even in prison, did everything with excellence. When nobody saw, when nobody knew, he made it count. Family, where you are working and finding yourself right now and you think nobody sees you, continue to be faithful. Continue to work hard. I promise you, somewhere, somebody will see you. And if nobody sees you and God sees that, He will promote you. He'll bring the right people to you even in prison. Even in your situation where you feel you are locked up, you can go nowhere. He'll bring the right people there to link you to the right people. God is aware of your destiny and He will fulfill it. He will complete it. Amen. Let me close with this scripture. Philippians 1 verse 6. I want to just say this. Many times you're in a situation. If you're going through a tough time, you have to discern. Is it time to turn to somebody to help me? But sometimes we turn to people that with good intentions. But those good intentioned people sometimes delay what God wants to do in our lives. So sometimes it's not time for you to turn to people. You have to just stay away and let God be God and take you through that. When Joseph was there in prison, when his brothers threw me in the pit, if his brothers saved him out of there, what would have happened? So God did not allow that. So you have to find in that time where you're going through a difficult time, find peace in your heart. That whether you in prison, you continue to plant seeds of righteousness, or whether you're in the palace and Potiphar's wife is chasing you, you continue to plant righteous seeds. When people see you and people don't see you, plant righteous seeds. Plant righteous seeds. Joseph could have very easily said, I didn't want to do anything. She was chasing me. And she's my master's wife. What can I do? I must just, I must, I, I just listen to her. Listen to me. There's easy ways to justify. But he said, no. More than your presence is God's presence in my life. And I'm going to listen to that. And I know I have to run now. Even if I know there's a false accusation or slandering them coming my way. Remember the end result of his righteous decision was him ending up in jail. But because he did it for righteousness, even in the jail, in prison, God turned his situation around. He didn't become bitter in jail. He became better. He said, let me serve even harder. And become more faithful and committed that even the prison guard, they don't even check up on him. Can you imagine? So on your 
way to your destiny, you need a vision and you need to remain focused upon that vision. You need to keep that prophetic picture in front of you at all times. If you find yourself in a position of honor, God would have strengthened you, empowered you that you're not overwhelmed by that position. Many times people are overwhelmed by their position. That's why you have to allow God to take you through that. Most pastors, when they start out, I was one of them. Oh, these guys that want to wait, faith, wait 15 years before they build a church will do it in three years. We've got that kind of a faith. God says, you might have the faith, but you don't have the character. Let me first work in you and prepare you. Amen. Speak to pastors that's in a school hall and they're frustrated after three years or five years. I say, oh, you're frustrated after five Remain in faith, brother. Remain in faith. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Amen? Because you know what it takes to prepare you to have a church. Paul said about Timothy. He says, I'm going to send Timothy to you because I've got nobody like-minded who will naturally care for your state. He says, all seek their own, but he will look after you in the same way I will look after you says, I've watched him. He has been faithful next to me. And he served next to his own parents. You know his proven character. Do you know what's proven character? He's been put through the fiery furnace of life. Has your character been proven? See, Apollos, even Apollos, Aquila and Priscilla had to go to him and say, you know, you are very zealous, but your interpretation of the word of God is wrong. Let us just show you. He said, oh, okay. This, okay. this is actually the way. Loving God and loving people, not this way. Amen? Because we have too much of the world in the church. Amen? That's when Jesus came to Peter concerning his future. Remember, he had faced a tremendous disappointment. He had worked all night. And caught no fish. But it was that disappointment that God used as an appointment to take him from being a normal fisherman to become a fisher of men. Amen. God empowered him. And later on, even after he had messed up, remember he also messed up. He said, Lord, wherever you go, I'll go. The Lord said, you're talking out of your own strength. He says, no, Lord. If you go there, if you go there, you go, I'm going to be there. Prison, whatever. He says, Peter, before the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny me. What do you think happened in his heart? What did he believe about his future and his destiny? Because he had denied Jesus. Family, even if you have denied Jesus, he's not given up on you. Remember, Peter was next to a fire when he denied Jesus. What do you think would have happened every time he was next to a fire now? That memory would come. I denied Jesus. I messed up my destiny. I messed up my future. What did Jesus do? He met him next to a fire. Because he wanted to rewrite that bad experience. Him believing in his heart that his destiny is over. He cannot serve Jesus. God had not changed his mind that he would be the rock and that the church would be built upon that. And Jesus came and said, do you love me? He said, Lord, yes, I love you. Do you know what's the good news in that? Jesus was saying to him, do you agape me? Do you love me unconditionally? Do you love me more than all of these things? Do you know what his response was? We read in the English, yes, Lord, I love you. He was saying, yes, Lord, I phileo you. I love you as a friend. If you're my friend, I'll be your friend. He says, okay, I know that's where you're at, Peter. Do you agape me? Lord, you know I phileo you. You know, Lord, my love for you is limited. My love for you is limited, Lord. I have the ability to love as a man. 
says, Peter, do you agape me? Lord, you know all things. Peter, now I can empower you. Remain here. Don't go anywhere until you've received power. Then you can go out. And you can preach to those in Jerusalem, in Samaria, even those that you cannot love, that Jews don't associate with. I'm going to empower you that you can love them. And God empowers him. And who gets up on the day of Pentecost? Peter. This is my destiny. This is my purpose. So people can say what they want about this nation. About the people. About black on black and white on black and green on yellow and whatever color doesn't matter. But when we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And we have the love of God in our hearts. We have God's ability to love. And instead of criticizing and being negative. We'll show a more excellent way. Because nothing is too difficult for God. And we'll be one with a difference. As God has told us in this year to be one with a difference. We'll be those with a difference. Because God has not given up on you. Now I can read the scripture. Philippians 1 verse 6. And I'm convinced and sure of this very thing. That he who began a good work in you will continue. Until the day of Jesus Christ. Right up to the time of his return. Developing that good work and perfecting and bringing it to full completion in you. Who's the one at work in us? God himself. Until he's brought us to that place of perfection. Where we actually get it right. Where we will not mess up anymore. And if we mess up, we can go to him and make right. And we align ourselves with that good destiny. That God has prepared for us. Whether we find ourselves in a pit, we say, I know where I belong. Whether you find yourself in the prison, say, I know where I belong. Whether you are facing a giant, you say, giant, you're going to go down. Whether you find yourself facing a fiery furnace, say, God, I'm going to remain faithful to you. Because I know you hold my future in your hands. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.